Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Welcome to Pop Culture University, where we talk about what is going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it. What can we learn from these celebrities who are putting their lives on blast for us to watch, us to nitpick, us to observe, study, and then learn from, from the safety of our couches. I'm your host, Patty Eminger. You may know me from TikTok or Instagram or YouTube as Patty Pop Culture. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. Welcome back. If it is your first time here, please, we welcome you. Take a seat anywhere you like. There is room for you. Everyone is welcome. Um, the pop culture moment I want to like start us off with today. As you as you know, it is New Music Friday. So all of our faves are dropping new tracks, dropping new music, starting with Taylor Swift and Ed Sheeran. They dropped The Joker and The Queen. It is a really, really cute song. I'm so happy they collaborated again. It's about like two people who really just love each other for being themselves and it's so taylor and ed definitely a must listen go download it then Nicki minaj dropped bussin which is the follow-up single to do we have a problem and it was bussin it was quick it was powerful it was sharp everything you want from Nicki minaj it was great but you know who really killed new music friday kim petras she dropped her new ep called slut pop with titles of songs such as Treat me like a slut, superpower bitch, throat goat. They want to fuck, and your wish is my command. And let me tell you, she bodied these veterans on New Music Friday. It is so fucking good. It is like cupcake, the rapper, but in a little German girl. It is pop perfection. And if you don't know about Kim Petras, bitch, let me put you on. Go listen to these songs. I'll play one in the little intro your gay friends aren't going to be able to function this weekend because of this ep maybe send them a prayer and maybe a condom or two because they're going to have a destructive weekend now the beast is unleashed anyway <laughs> let's get into what the lessons today are going to be and that is kanye west called out billy eilish on instagram and said he will not perform at coachella if billy eilish is performing at coachella and she doesn't apologize to him first so we're going to talk about what Kanye wants Billy to apologize to him for. And then Kim Kardashian did her third Vogue US cover. And she dove into all the tea in that cover story, like the Kanye social media fight, being a lawyer, being 40, the beauty standard that she sets, her crazy Met Gala outfit, um, how she's living her life these days, how she's getting through the day. And then she actually thanked Kanye for something. And it was actually very sweet. So we're going to talk about that. And then lastly, we're going to talk about the fact that Zendaya is getting hate over Euphoria because the anti-drug organization Dare said that Euphoria is basically a danger to society and should be taken off the air. So we're going to talk about that. Before we get into this episode, if you can just rate this podcast five star on Spotify, it would help me out so much. You're already here. Please rate it five star and then you can rate it on Apple Podcasts if you're listening there. Um, follow it for future episodes. And yeah, let's get into today's episode. Welcome to Pop Culture University. Take your seats. I'm the throat goat. These bitches can't suck like me. Walk in, I'm the sucking queen. Look around, all eyes on me. Jack it off, I'm a sucking queen. These lips go la la la. This throat, Lady Gaga. Boy, say hallelujah. Give me that ya 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 ya. And it's got me very far. 
There's really only three things you can count on these days, and that's death, taxes, and Kanye West erratically calling someone out on his Instagram every single day. And today, his victim happens to be none other than Billie Eilish. Yes, 44-year-old Kanye West is calling out 20-year-old Billie Eilish. And it's actually about something really good that Billie did at her concert the other day. But you know, Kanye lives to gaslight. He's gonna call you a bad person for doing something good. So let me tell you what Billie did at her concert the other day. She was performing as usual. It was in a sold-out arena, and one of the fans passed out because they didn't have an inhaler. People in the crowd or the security got Billie Eilish's attention, and she stopped the concert, and she made sure security, the medics, someone got this woman, you know, back on her feet, got her inhaler, and got her all taken care of. And Billie even gave, like, a little speech to reassure the crowd and calm everyone down and let her know that everyone is being taken care of, and she would never be so dismissive to, you know, let 10 people die at her concert. So, are we good here? Hold on, I got you. You need an inhaler. Do we have an inhaler? Can we just grab one? It's okay, we got one. Guys, give her some time. Some time. Don't crowd. It's okay, you need We're good. It's okay. We're taking care of our people. I wait for people to be okay until I keep going. He said, no good deed goes unpunished, bitch. And on his Instagram with 10 million followers, he posted a screen of Billy and the caption said, come on, Billy, we love you. Please apologize to Trav and the families of the people who lost their lives. No one intended this to happen. Trav didn't have any idea what was happening when he was on stage and he was very hurt by what happened. <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't even say it with a straight face. He was very Hurt? Hurt? What you mean hurt? That is not the right adjective to use or emotion to use. You know who was hurt? Y'all know exactly who was hurt. He continued, and yes, Trav. Travi will be with me at Coachella, but now I need Billie Eilish to apologize before I perform. Why is Kanye West the... He's like a Karen, but like an anti-Karen. Like, a normal Karen would applaud Billy for what she did and, you know, be all condescending and annoying and patronizing about it, but she would still applaud Billy for doing that. Kanye is being a Karen to her for doing something good, saving someone's life. And he's saying he's not going to perform at Coachella because Billie Eilish is also performing at Coachella and he's not going to let her bully one of his friends before they go on together. First of all, sir, you are not the Coachella police. You are not the Ch- Coachella security guards. And if Travis Scott's there, there's probably not going to be any security guards anyway. There are multiple levels of self-sabotage going on here. I feel like, one, he's going to risk his own Coachella performance. That he's probably getting a huge amount of money for. It's a huge opportunity just because of Billy. And he's going to bring Travis Scott. He's going to let Travis Scott have his big comeback at his Coachella set. That's very scary. That is the a, like an exact situation of like Astroworld. Coachella, I think, would be the only equivalent to what Astroworld would be. It's the biggest music festival. People are jammed in in the same type of style where there's no seats. People are just standing. That's terrifying. His set at Coachella is going to be a fucking mess. And honestly, Billy could save lives by not apologizing. Like, it's not even funny. Billy should just not apologize, which is kind of what she did. (laughs) So Billy's response, because, you know, she kind of had to respond when Kanye West calls out a young girl, they kind of have to respond because he gets all this media attention on them like he does all the time. She responded directly under his Instagram uh, post and she said, as simple as day, 
literally never said anything about Travis, was just helping a fan. No emotion. She gives no fucks. That apology was still better than Travis Scott's apology, though. But I love that whenever Billie Eilish responds to beef, she is giving it no time of day. She is shutting shit down. She's not going to give anyone her attention that they obviously want so bad because she's like one of the most famous people in the world. And I just love that about her. She's treating him like how you would deal with like an annoying little boy in school. Just dismiss it. Just move on and hope he doesn't speak to you again. Because that is not a storm you want to get involved with. Imagine waking up and being mentioned on Kanye West's Instagram. That is one of the worst fears of mine. And why is Billie Eilish always involved in older men's beef? Like Charlie and Benny Blanco and now Travis and Kanye? This had nothing to do with her. Kanye just wants a damn apology from someone. He is hurt and just needs someone to apologize to him. You owe me an apology. You owe me an apology. He feels hurt by the universe and wants an apology. But I think instead of an apology, he should just take responsibility. He's clearly being a narcissist at this moment. I'm not saying he always is like the Kanye stigma is. I'm not saying he's always a narcissist, but in this moment, he's being a narcissist by not taking responsibility for anything he's done and blaming everyone else around him. And it's just getting so ridiculous that a part of me just isn't understanding like why he is saying all these things. I can't even take it seriously anymore. Like, is he just doing this for attention or is he really thinking all these things? Because if he really is, he genuinely needs therapy because it's such at a beyond level. And I think therapy can go a long way for him. I went to therapy for four weeks and then my dad lost his insurance and then my therapist stopped texting me back. But it still helped. So I think that can go a long way for him. Um, But Loki, I need him to go to Coachella for the tea. I need him to give a speech. I need him to have, you know, a moment up there. I need him to make some news. I need him to say something about Kim. I need him to bring North on the stage to perform. I need something from him. So let's hope he still goes. He definitely will. He's not going to miss the opportunity to get to say something. Anyway, what can we learn from this? I think in this situation we can learn, don't bat an eye at the little bullies who are trying to get a rise out of you. I'm glad Billy didn't give in to him. She said her piece because she kind of had to, but left unbothered knowing she she did nothing wrong. Be a good person and don't let anyone tell you that you aren't. Don't go down to their level. Them LA boys, they wanna fuck, they wanna fuck. Them New York boys, they wanna fuck, they wanna fuck. Them Euro boys, they wanna fuck, they wanna fuck. Them Dubai boys, they wanna fuck, they wanna fuck. Them Christian boys, they wanna fuck, they wanna fuck. Them Tokyo boys, they wanna fuck, they wanna fuck. Them good old boys, they wanna fuck, they wanna fuck. Them crazy boys, they wanna fuck, they wanna fuck. It's crazy to think that just seven years ago, Kim Kardashian was told she would never be on the cover of Vogue magazine because she was a reality star and she didn't have the career or the vernacular to be the cover girl. And now, Kim's third Vogue US cover came out yesterday, along with a whole story about everything that is going on in her life right now and because it's vogue she went there and she dove deep so we're going to talk about all the most important things that she talked about in this article and can you guys believe vogue magazine is free online i got to read the whole article it's a pretty damn long article and i'm doing a lot of reading right now for school anyway and i still read this shit there's other magazines like buzzfeed or like new york times that make you pay to even like continue to read and vogue isn't so shout out to vogue Okay, so I'm going to go in order. When I was reading this, I kind of felt like they jumped around a lot. So if it seems like I'm jumping around a lot from topic to topic, I'm literally just going down through the article how they did it. So let's start. So first, she kind of talked about what being 40 is like and what this next decade of her life will be like for her. So she said, my 40s are about being team me. I'm going to eat well. I'm going to work out. 
I'm going to have more fun, spend more time with my kids and people who make me happy. I think in the last two years, I decided I'm good. I'm going to make myself happy. And that feels really good. And even if that created changes and caused my divorce, I think it's important to be honest with yourself about what really makes you happy. I've chosen myself and I think it's okay to choose you. It's crazy how Kim will like be on her Snapchat story and she only knows like two vocabulary words. She'd be like, this Kim's is so cute. I'm obsessed. It's so cute. And, you know, it doesn't seem like she has much elocution, but she words things so perfectly in things like Vogue magazine. Like she really has such a great like way with words and just how she talks is so powerful and just moving. And Kim is very like simplistic, straight to the point. And this was, I think, a very powerful opening to the magazine. I'm so happy that she's being on team her and watering her own flowers and making sure she's happy when she wakes up every day because I feel like happiness and love are really the only important things and only things that matter in life. And I feel like waking up every day with that passion and spending your time how you want to, to do what makes you happy is really a key to just a peaceful, good state of mind. And you can't give to others if you don't even have anything to give to yourself. So I think her just saying that is extremely powerful and a lesson that we can learn in that. Something else about being 40 that I thought was interesting, she said, um, she was talking about how her and Courtney, her sister, when they both turned 40, they received like a bunch of texts and uh, like lessons from older women in their life that were telling them that 40s is going to be the best time of their life and that they're going to have the best sex of your life and you're going to be in the best place in your life. And I truly believe that now that I'm 20, like when I was younger, I was like, 20 is going to be the best time of my life. That's when I'm the youngest. No, like it's the worst time of your life just because like you're still young, but you're also like having the pressure of an adult and not everything's figured out. So I feel like 40 is just going to be much more like peaceful and smooth. And for some reason, like I'm not that opposed to being 40 one day. Next, she talked about being a lawyer. Her um, apprentice or I, I don't know. So she's the apprentice. I don't know what you call the person who's like training the apprentice, like the master or something. But anyway, <laughs> probably not master that sounds weird but in this case we'll call her master um so her master uh jessica jackson said that kim is actually doing law school in the hardest way possible and because she really has to self-learn she has to study 18 hours a day five days a week and a lot of people like to discredit kim for like taking the shortcut in law school and she didn't even go to like you know undergrad college and they're trying to like shortcut the huge obstacle that she's going through to become a lawyer. So I'm glad that they talked about this in the Vogue interview. And she said that her and Kim have already worked together on 14 successful clemencies for the incarcerated individuals that were either sentenced to life or to die. Holy shit. Kim is already making such a huge difference in the world. It's batshit crazy. And she doesn't have to be doing any of this. Most people become a lawyer. I think it's because, you know, it's a really hard job, but that means it's also one of the highest paying. If you're billionaire Kim Kardashian, why put yourself through the stress to get, you know, this high paying job if you don't need it? Like Kim probably gets her lawyer checks and like throws them, you know, to Northwest to go buy McDonald's or something like insane. Next, they talk about her beauty. And the interviewer said, I think for many, many years, there's been anyone who has redefined the standards of beauty, of feminine beauty, as much as Kim has. She did something that is very similar to what Marilyn Monroe did back in the day. She redefined her understanding of what beauty is. And that's so true because if you look back at like the early 2000s, like we love Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie and, you know, Reese Witherspoon and all those people. But the beauty standard was so different. And Kim said growing up that she never saw people like her in the media. Nowadays, it's like everyone's like Kim in the media, but that just shows how big her impact was. She said the only people she got to look up to were like Salma Hayek and Jennifer Lopez, which now is like not really comparable. But that's just to show how far-fetched any comparison Kim had to look to was. 
I think that's so true. The thing about Marilyn Monroe, I always think this, like if there was such an iconic figure in today's world that would go down in history, it would be Kim Kardashian, at least in a pop culture sense, because no one encapsulates fame and an iconic image and mass public adoration and complete control of the media and just the imagery that Marilyn Monroe had as much as Kim Kardashian. And I think in, you know, 50 years, girls, like, you know how girls for some reason are obsessed with like Marilyn Monroe and she's the background of their phone and their phone case and they have posters of her on the wall, even though they probably don't know that much about her. They just think she's beautiful and powerful and want to like be like her and have that energy. Girls in the future are going to have Kim Kardashian posters on their wall and just want to be like her and just get this vibe from her, this empowering energy and just look at her and you know, wish they were alive when Kim Kardashian was alive and could meet her. Like, Kim is going to go down in history as that icon, and she fucking deserves it, and I love her so much. The interviewer then said, I tell her that I'd read somewhere that 30% of women visiting one plastic surgeon's office in Beverly Hills asked to look like her, and Kim's response was, wow, I'd never heard that. I've definitely heard that. I've watched um, Botched, and people have said that. And even on Kim Kardashian's show, I remember she went in to get like a face tightening thing, and they were like, a lot of women like want to look just like you. That's a lot of pressure, having to set the beauty standard. Like, I break, like, does Kim break out? Because when I break out, I'm not even like famous. Like, no one knows me, and I freak out and start crying. So to have to be so beautiful all the time, that's a lot of pressure. I don't know how Kim handles that. A part of her beauty routine is eating plant based and rising daily at 5 a.m. for a workout typically after only five hours of sleep. That's Kim's baseline to function. How is she the most beautiful woman in the world without any beauty sleep? What the fuck? I could get 10 hours of sleep and I would wake up looking like a beast. I'm not bragging about, oh, I woke up like this because no one wants to see how I wake up. Mm -mm. Put a mask on my face till I wake up. Um, But yeah, Kim is always like, calmness is my superpower. But no, bitch, sleeping five hours a day is your superpower, huh? That's how you get so much done damn that is a superpower that is a superpower put her in the marvel universe she only sleeps five hours someone get her a cape and you know a big hammer she is a superhero speaking of mask on my face in the morning kim talked about her iconic met gala look for the 2022 gala if you don't remember it was an all black balenciaga outfit that was uh form-fitting so it like silhouetted her body and she even had a whole mask over her face and her hair and then a long like train cape coming out from under it and it just showed kim's silhouette and kim said she revealed that she actually fought against it she said i was like i don't know how i could wear the mask why would i want to cover up my face that's what i said when i saw it why would she cover up that, that beautiful face and bother even putting on makeup but anyway she said but demna and the team were like this is a costume gala this is not a vanity fair party where everyone looks beautiful. There's a theme and you have to wear a mask. That is a look. I guess if you're going to wear a mask to the Met Gala, it may as well be during COVID times. You know, it, that's an easy way to wear a mask if your whole outfit is a mask. But I, I don't know. I guess it was still like really iconic. They continued and said, conceptually speaking, quite important. People would instantly know it's Kim because of her silhouette. They, would ev- they wouldn't even need to see her face, you know? And I think that's the whole power of her celebrity that people wouldn't need to see her face just to know it's her. Yeah, looking back at it, I was kind of a hater at first, but that's like the biggest flex of all time. Like, damn, we didn't even need to see her face and we knew instantly who it was. She was like, I am so famous and beautiful. I don't even need to show you my fucking face. I'm going to cover up my whole body and I'm still going to get the most photos taken of me. That's insane. And a genius concept. And I bet Kanye's pissed that he didn't think of it. Um, Okay, Speaking of Kanye and fashion, she talked about what her next chapter in fashion is going to be and actually thanked Kanye. She said, 
I always think what will be next because I always had Kanye who knew exactly what the next fashion era would be for me. And there's something scary about being out there on your own, but also something so liberating. She finishes her tea and dabs neatly at her lips. They like narrate like everything the interviewee does when they do a Vogue shoot like this. So they were narrating what she was doing. They were out to lunch when they did this. So she dabbed neatly at her lips and then continues. Who knows? I might just be in skims and be so comfy and casual and wear no makeup. And that might be what I feel like representing to the world. Maybe it's just not that serious. I mean, she still looks bad as fuck in her skims and no makeup, undoubtedly. But Kim, like, we want the glamour. So, like, please don't have that be your next era. And I know she won't. But it is interesting that she's not going to have Kanye because Kanye has really, like, crafted her image. And honestly, before Kanye, her fashion was not what it is now. But I feel like she has a way bigger grasp on things. She's way more into the fashion world. So I do have faith in her. And I like she'll definitely pull through. But it's really going to be interesting of, like, how she'll mix the Kanye influence and then her own style so i can't wait to see that and then lastly they talked about her kindness you know it's the beauty within the interviewer said throughout our time today i find myself less struck by kim's obvious glamour than by her kindness she has a strict standard of conduct she lives by commandments frequently invoked in our conversation they call them kimisms no haters no assholes no bullshit don't keep people waiting show up for people who show up for you root for everyone to win that's such a powerful mindset to have and i love the kimisms that's definitely another one of her superpowers even when she said root for everyone to win i read the self-help book about abundance and i feel like that's what kim is talking about abundance abundance is like we're having the mindset of abundance is like when you absolutely believe that all your dreams can come true and don't doubt yourself and you root for other people's dreams to come true and don't think that it's like a zero-sum game if they win you lose or you win they lose if you know your dreams can come true and their dreams can come true that's the mindset of abundance and it's true that's that's the truth but society and like you know uh just the general fear of like being successful in life kind of like stops us from thinking that but it's absolutely true and it's so important that when you root for everyone else that's just like sending good vibes to everyone else and then in your mind you just have like a good outlook on everyone else so since you already have that good outlook you don't have to worry about them and you can just worry about yourself completely and you can be completely obsessed with yourself and be the best version of yourself so what can we learn from this i think focus on yourself and work super hard on yourself taking care of yourself and making yourself happy should be a full-time job and i think kim is so successful because she's not worried about anyone else and has blinders onto her own goals and when you're obsessed with you and progressing you you don't have time to think about anyone else so you're just 100 focused on being the best you actresses of our time in the world the woman we're all obsessed with right now zendaya is taking the heat from one organization we all know very well if you grew up in the school system of america and that is dare d-a-r-e dare is coming for euphoria in its entirety and released a whole rant statement about how they think euphoria is bad for kids these days in trying to convey that euphoria is a danger to society today and get it taken off the air dare said 
rather than further each parent's desire to keep their children safe from the potentially horrific consequences of drug abuse and other high-risk behavior, HBO's television drama Euphoria chooses to misguidedly glorify and erroneously depict high school student drug use, addiction, anonymous sex, violence, and other destructive behaviors as common and widespread in today's world. So obviously a Karen police officer wrote that, and I can't think of a worse combination. Um, first, I want to say, Dare, sit the fuck down. Dare has never done anything to leave a real impact on any child in our country. Let's just be honest. Did Dare really change your fucking life in any way? No. Getting Dare at the age of like 10 does nothing for you and leaves no mark on you. All they say is don't do drugs or you'll get pregnant and die. Don't look at a drug. Don't smell a drug. Don't think about a drug. Don't talk to someone who does drugs or your whole life will fall apart at the seams and you will spontaneously combust and die. Do not do drugs. That is that is the least helpful thing to do. That's like equivalent to like sex ed just telling you to like not have sex so you get married. It's not going to happen. Dare, in my opinion, is so unsuccessful. We should teach people about how to, you know, maybe healthily incorporate a certain level of drugs into their life. Uh, tell them about resources. Tell them how to casually do it. Tell them how to really fit that into the society that we live in. And just prepare them for that world instead of trying to scare the life out of them and just not doing it at all. Because that's really all that it did. So Dare takes several seats, and I think Zendaya had a really good response to this because as the face of the show, that's kind of what she has to do. She's also an executive producer, so I'm sure she wanted to say this. She goes, Our show is in no way a moral tale to teach people how to live their life or what they should be doing. If anything, the feeling behind Euphoria, or whatever we always been trying to do with it, is to hopefully help people feel a little bit less alone in their experience and their pain and maybe feel like they're not the only one going through or dealing with what they're dealing with. And I think that's so true. I think that was the perfect response. I think Euphoria really encapsulates maybe more exaggerated versions of what we all go through, but there's a lot of things that are insanely relatable that have made me feel like not alone. Like a lot of the struggles that Kat has gone through with like her body and sexuality and and stuff that Maddie and Cassie go through with self-esteem and Nate and that whole thing. Yes, Rue is a very exaggerated example, but Rue in the show isn't supposed to represent the average teenage girl. Rue, if you watch the first episode, was born with a lot of um, like learning disabilities and things. And so she's been taking pills her whole life. She's in like an underserved neighborhood. So she's kind of like started in a very different place. Someone who was already exposed to like taking medication and has access to it and was kind of just like predisposed to that life. So it's not like Rue is supposed to be representative of everyone. And any high schooler with common sense knows that that is not what real high school is like at all. So Dara's being very, very dramatic and they really should have just kept their mouths shut. This whole thing is insanely dramatic and just inaccurate, but I'm sure all the parents ate this shit up when they read it and were retweeting it and posting it on Facebook and yelling about the whole town. When they said in the statement, misguidedly glorifying drug use, they're not glorifying the the last thing I think when I watch you for it is, wow, I want to be like Rue. That's not glorifying at all. That scares me to death. Rue's life is an absolute shit show. No one is jealous of Rue. No one wants to be Rue. We, we're not trying to achieve that life. If anything, it's doing more for Dare than more like of the message of Dare than Dare actually did for us. And they said anonymous sex. Who's having anonymous sex? Oh, Cal and Jules. Bitch, let me tell you something. Grinder is a real ass thing. So that, that's actually extremely accurate. That thing, I think that was actually nicer than what happens in real life. 
Because anyone who goes on Grindr, girl, mm, you know that is exactly what happens. That is 100% a real life thing that goes on. And maybe the people who run Dare are just too whitewashed and don't understand that that is actually something that goes on that they're just oblivious to. And Euphoria is actually doing something to bring it to light. Anyway, I think Dare had a lot of nerve saying that. How dare they? They need to know their place. And that's in elementary schools, talking to the little fifth graders. So what can we learn from this? I think we can learn that we make our own decisions and we control and choose what we let physically influence us and what we want to emulate. You have to be a conscious consumer of media and only take in what you want to take in. Watch what you want to watch. And if you don't, don't watch it. And maybe if you're a parent and you don't want your kids to see it, don't don't let them see it. Be, be a parent. That's actually your job. So just don't let them see it. Put yourself on a media diet and only consume what you think is good for you. Well, thank you for tuning in to Pop Culture University today. I hope you had a fun time hanging out with me and you enjoyed all the tea that we spilled today and got something useful out of it. If you did, please write this podcast five star on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts, um, whichever one you're listening to, follow it on both so you can be updated for every new episode we post on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And yeah, let's review what we learned today. So from Zendaya, we learned that we make our own decisions and we choose what we let influence us and what we watch. From Kim, we learned focus on yourself because that is really is what's going to make the grass under you grow. And then from Kanye and Billy, we learned to not stoop to the level of the bullies trying to make you feel bad about yourself. Just do you and you will be a-okay. So I'm going to leave you with that. Happy Friday. We made it through the week and you deserve a great weekend. I love you so much. Be safe out there. Have a good time. And I will see you Monday. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.